so much random news coming out right now i'm just i don't even know what to even believe anymore like this this news about jeff johns is really weird is just the way i can say it yeah i mean and don't get me wrong there's a lot of people out there a lot of people that are diehard snyder cultists that have always hate hated johns i completely understand that but there are people in the circles that I am in on Twitter and, you know, just in a Slack group and everything else uh, that I genuinely trust with mm-hmm. almost any and all information. And they enjoy Johns for his comic book writing, but have said that he's kind of missed the mark whenever it comes to being in Hollywood. Yeah. And I, for me, I. Whenever I think of movies and whenever I think of behind-the-scenes stuff, the only mm-hmm. thing that I think of is the writers. And, uh, well, honestly, before before now, mm. it was the actors and the director. I didn't really think of anything else. I didn't think of the producer or the writers or, you know, any of the execs. But now, because of the past, like, legitimate five to eight years, mm-hmm. you've kind of had to now. Yeah, And I'm starting to think, okay, the stuff said from these people about Johns can very much be real. Mm-hmm. But, and I, and I texted you this earlier, I said, if it's real or not real, he should come out and say. Yeah. Now, this isn't saying oh if he doesn't come out to say you know i'm canceling him you know we've Mm -hmm. we've both experienced you know cancel culture in the sense of people that we've enjoyed and things like that uh recently as far as like jenna marbles yeah i I haven't watched jenna marbles religiously since like 2014 2015 maybe yeah i've been watching her for like 10 years it's crazy and so it didn't hit me as hard but i immediately remembered the name and i was like oh shit So with this, like it's because you almost you can't even say and I know this might trigger people or or might be sensitive, but you can't automatically say, oh, well, I think anybody who has been raped needs to say something today. Yeah. Like you can't say that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say, okay, now I need to hear Gal say something. I need to hear Ben say something. I need to hear, you know, all the rest of the people involved in Justice League to say something. Yeah. Because that's on their own terms. Yeah. Like, the, well, it, we should uh, we should clear it up right now. So let's go ahead and say what Rafe said. Yeah, let actually. me. I have Twitter up right now. Let me actually just yeah. grab. So we should talk about the first thing. Uh, Fisher tweeted something a few days. Was it two days ago? Literally? It was on. It was on Monday. Yeah, yeah two days okay, ago. Okay, so on Monday he tweeted out a video of him talking. To, he was basically like, "Oh, I think Josh was great. Zach made a good a choice of picking Josh." This was at a Comic Con. Yeah. Um. And, you know, he was like, I forcefully, uh, what is the word? He says, I'd like to make a moment. I would like to take a moment to forcefully retract every bit of this statement. And that's where he talks about how, um, you know, Whedon was was a great choice. You know, Zach chose somebody to really uh, clean everything up and make everything nice. And a lot of people have talked about the facial expressions that, uh, both Ray and Moa have in that video, and they're like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, you know this says it all." Yeah. And now, two days later, 
we now have a uh, this was 12 hours ago almost says uh, he tweeted today Joss Whedon's on set treatment on, of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Accountability is greater than entertainment. Yeah. So originally, Clay tweeted me or sent me the first message, and I was like, "That's petty." That's the first thing I I legitimately said to Clay. Um, I because one, I didn't think it was gonna be like out of all of the out of all of the actors when it comes to the Snyder Cut. Ray Fisher is the I, I hate to phrase it this way, but like the least successful one. Well, out of the, all of them. a lot of people need to remember also is this was his like big movie debut. Yeah, I I genuinely I haven't looked at his IMDb, but from what I have heard is that this was going to put him on the map. I don't think he really did anything. Other than maybe two to three roles of any, you know of maybe TV projects or whatever before being on Justice League. Yeah, and you know we've heard Zach say that he's a big part of it. Yada yada yada. Uh, there have been a lot of people that don't even like his portrayal of Cyborg, though. So granted, we didn't get the Snyder cut version, mm-hmm. but still, even from what we saw, there were people that were like he can't act. They don't like him. Whatever. That's that's your own opinion. I didn't really have a problem with them, but that's what some people have said before. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he has been the one that has been like the advocate mostly for the Snyder Cut. Like he's always been like Borg life, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that jazz. So from different perspectives, you can be like, oh, man, he's coming out to bring some injustices or whatever. But at the same time, it could also be like, oh, this guy or guys screwed me out of my lead role in a movie. So I'm kind of petty and I want to call them out on it. Like they ruined my career. You could see it from two different points. I'm hoping it's more the like, hey, I'm calling out the terrible shit that happened yeah. and not really the petty stuff. But originally when I saw that, I was like, that's kind of petty. I was like, I was like, that movie's like three, whatever. He's getting his movie now. Well, the big I like, thing, What's the point? I think that the video and, and, you know, we can't say anything about it now because it's already happened. But yeah. I genuinely think he should have switched his days of statements. Mm-hmm. Like the state, so? yeah, because if he gives context and then shows the video mm-hmm. of him retracting that statement, then you're like, oh, it's because of this. But yeah. now you're like, oh, so that's what he meant when yeah. the video I guess came from out. optics. Yeah, I, I, optics sakes, it's whatever. Yeah. So this was the big thing again, because it, look, we've talked about it on this podcast plenty of times. If somebody is wrong, I just I just want proof. That's all I want. Like, I'm not going to be like, if Jeff Johns or, you know, uh, Josh Whedon... Like, see, Josh Whedon has a past, though. So I can believe that. See, I he, did not know this. Like, yeah, I did not know he had a past at all. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, he did some stuff. Like, I knew about the whole uh, Scarlett oh, Johansson and uh, Mark Ruffalo scene in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mimics what he did in Justice League. Yeah. But then I heard today about him firing somebody from Buffy because mm-hmm. she got pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. Then I heard comments about how he cheated on his wife. 
Yeah. See, the the wife thing was big. The the pregnant thing, that I can say can be kind of gray. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because depending on the production, you can't really have a pregnant woman. Because like, so I don't know if this is one hundred percent. I'm just gonna throw this out to one of my favorite shows of all time, which is The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, they had the mom. Everybody knows this classic joke. When the new mom yeah. came in, they were like, Mrs. Banks, you look kind of different. And Will Smith looks at the camera. He's like, oh. Uh, so there was that. <laughs> there were a lot of rumors saying that her and Will Smith never got to get, like, never got along. But there was also stuff saying that, oh, no, it was nothing like that. She literally just had a baby in the show and got pregnant in real life. We couldn't do two baby storylines back to back because it wouldn't make sense. Like, and that's why they let her go. So that was kind of that. So if it's a production standpoint, that one's kind of weird. I don't know this, the the details behind that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like for that particular instance, you know, it that could be either or. But the wife st- his wife was the one that came out and said that he's like an asshole or whatever. So she knows him as personal as anybody can know it. So you can put more weight on that. Yeah. But anyways, my biggest thing when it came to this was the weed and stuff. I can totally get on board with. I don't really care for Whedon. I, I wasn't a big Age of Ultrons fan. And at the same time, I totally, after Justice League, didn't want him to touch Batgirl. So I'm glad he's gone from the DCEU. I don't care about anything that Whedon does. Um, but when I saw him call out John Berg and Jeff Johns, I was like, felt kind of unnecessary. But he used the word enabled, meaning that from the way he's talking about it, after he said he was, you know, Whedon's an abuser, he's this, he's that, he's inappropriate. Basically saying that Johns and Burr, yeah, egged Whedon on to act the way he did towards the cast. Yeah. I have a problem with that. Because, you know, you mentioned that maybe it's an association thing, you know, just because they were executives. I was making an example. I'm not, I will be honest, because of my lack of information with how hand like we we know that John's is hands on with all of these projects because yeah. he you know is the writer of these things before uh he was demoted he had Jim Lee's job which was basically like hey I'm the center of DC right now and so I can get why he had such a position of power in dealing with all these movies mm-hmm. but I personally can't be like, okay, I know exactly what Johns was doing on the set of these movies. Yeah. So I don't know how much power he had in regards to like, hey, Johns, go do this. Or, or, or hey, Whedon, go do this. Or, hey, crew, go do this. Like, yeah. I personally don't know. But I was making the assumption to be like, hey, maybe we can wrap it around this. So, yeah, yeah I did say that it might be a, hey, Ray is seeing what Whedon was doing and because he was hanging out with Johns and Berg, you know, after the fact that he would do all this or before the fact he would do all this, maybe Ray is saying, oh, well, they were hanging out with him and didn't do anything. So they're guilty by association, you know? Yeah, I am very curious because, look, these I think we can all agree celebrity drama is stupid, but things like Me Too and like racism and all that stuff does need to be called out. Yes. My thing though is if he is calling out if if like if let's take the enabled word out of it, right? If mm-hmm. if this is an association thing or like oh Jeff Johns and John Berg didn't speak up, 
And Ray Fisher never reported anything or never went to somebody else to complain about this production. He That's kind of on him, too. Like, why didn't you speak up then? Yeah, but you that's... can also say the same thing. And I know, like I said, this can be triggering. But I said it in the very beginning. Like, you, you can't make abuse, like, people who have been abused, like, say something immediately. No, I agree. But it doesn't seem like he was the one being abused here. He's just saying that Whedon was kind of an asshole, he was gross or whatever. It seemed like it went more towards the women than it, anything. It, I mean, maybe. Like, I read it as a general statement for the set of the reshoots. Mm -hmm. So that may have been meaning he was involved as far as, like, he was, Whedon was being abusive towards him. Yeah. Because at the same time, I don't know, like, it's it's odd to be a person that is a third party to let's say an abuse. Yeah. Because then you're like, okay, well I'm witnessing this abuse between this person and this person and she's not going to say anything or he's not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. And this person keeps having that abuse of power. I'm going to say something. Well, what does that mean for the person that was being abused? Yeah. You know? No, but at the same time, so at this in this particular thing, right? Why is it more so on Johns and Berg? They, because we don't know the exact power that they have. We don't know if they can just fire Whedon. We don't even know if they brought in Whedon. We don't know that. Because here's the thing that people don't understand about movies. Executive producers don't have all the power. Like, there's a bunch of executives. Like, if you yeah. look at credits, it's a bunch of executives. You can't... There's not just one person that makes all the shots. It's usually like, oh, I got to go to my studio head, and they want this person. It's why some of the most problematic actors still get jobs. Because they have connections. Hollywood is very different than comic books. People need to realize that. Yeah. Johns, when he's like the head of comic books, he's the head of it. And yeah. he's running the show. He's doing everything. He's a small fish in Hollywood. He ain't a big fish anymore. So, like, that's one thing he needs to do. So, my thing is, because I'm also somebody that I don't care about situations. Clay knows this from working with me. I don't care about situations. I don't care about the consequences. I'll take where the consequences later. When something's wrong, I speak up about it, speak up about it then. Yeah. But the thing about Hollywood that people don't understand is it is a predatory industry. The Me Too showed this. We got that got a lot of light shined on it. But the way you break into Hollywood is by people you know. Majority of the time. Same thing for comics. That's why all those people in comics are getting called out right now. Same thing in gaming. A lot of that is who you know, what you've done, all that jazz. So the reason why I could say, all right, maybe Ray Fisher didn't want to say anything then is because he was scared for his job. He was scared this is going to be his big break. He was scared to say anything then. Why cannot? Why can that not be applied to John Berg or Jeff Johns? Jeff Johns is just starting out in this industry. If he doesn't speak up more, they're going to be like, you know what? This guy's problematic. If he does speak up, I should say, he's problematic. Get him the fuck out of here. We don't want him on stuff. It can be just as damaging. Granted, I will say Ray Fisher, new actor and a person of color. He's obviously not wanted in Hollywood, probably by a bunch of people. Yeah. That's just that's statistically that is proven. White people get like 70 percent of roles. Black people get like 12. Everybody else gets the last pickings after that. That yeah. is statistically proven in Hollywood. Yeah. So if you if this is your dream, depending on who you are, some people will stay quiet to stay in this business. And this could be one of those situations. I'm not here. If it all comes out that Jeff Johns was an asshole, John Berg was an asshole, Josh Whedon's an asshole, and you can show me proof, I'm totally down to say fuck them. But at this point in time, I just want to see it. I, I, it blows my mind. I know you mentioned that there is like 
possible NDAs, although this seems like they're breaking them big time. Yeah, and, and that's and that's my big question because if 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 Ray Fisher's NDA is breaking now, it may be because there's no plans for a cyborg movie. But the rumors now show that cyborg will possibly be in the Flash movie. So yeah. that's a bit confusing. So does he like? Is there a gap between him signing a new NDA and now? Or, you know, does that mean that everybody who is in current projects with WB, that being Gal, that being uh, Ben, because he's making, I think, two movies for WB right now, uh, whether he be starring in them or having... Directing. Yeah, directing. And then, as far as Henry, I'm not sure... He's in the middle of negotiations for coming back as Superman. So... It's kind of murky water for everybody as far as what those... Because we, we have no proof of what the NDAs will say. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I'm just... I would like to know that. Like, okay, from what time to what time did he not be able to say anything? And yeah. is he allowed to say something now? Or is he going to get in trouble? Yeah. No, and I totally agree. And, and I just want... I want some evidence. And I even tweeted at him. I was like, hey, man, you're saying this is enabled like do you have any kind of proof like how do we know as a general audience and i know some people are automatically going to pick sides i'm somebody that i will sit in the gray area until you give me a reason to believe so or more sometimes you can see it in people's faces this is twitter so i don't know how mad he is or how passionate he is about that john boyega when he does his speeches in real life for black lives matter you're like oh fuck that guy's serious uh, that shit he's awesome we don't know about that we're just reading tweets from yeah. this guy you know what i mean so i don't have the human element to be like mm, i'm gonna be a little bit more on his side um and i know a lot of people are probably like oh like he's just trying to stick up for jeff johns no i i just want to know this what's happening because we did get uh what's his face right i think i have it right here john Berg came out and said this is unequivocally false like it is this did not happen uh so let's see where he where did i get he goes uh john berg told variety which is a solid source this is categorically untrue that we were enabling any unprofessional behavior i remember fisher being upset that he wanted to say booyah and uh that is john berg yeah variety yeah this is john berg um so that's variety is a solid source they're they they're very credible but a lot of people are saying that berg is legitimately gaslighting ray Basically saying, oh, you know, because in my mind, would Ray say that they enabled all of those things that he, you know, proclaimed that Whedon was just because mm-hmm. of the word booyah? I like, don't know. I don't know Ray. Well, like, why, why Why? do we pick one person over the other? That That's the most general question. Why are we picking Ray? Because we're fans? And we're fans of the Snyder Cut, and we want to believe the actors more than the professionals? Well, no, it's just, for me, whenever somebody is making big statements like this, and then somebody else is like, oh, it was, he, he I mean, I think he was upset about Booyah, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't I mean, know. John Berg can genuinely be telling the truth here, though. Like, if he's like, dude, the only time I remember him being, because, again, this is like, why didn't he bring any of this up, right? If John Berg's only memory of of boy i mean not boyega of fisher being upset mm-hmm. is him being like mad over the word booyah because he just didn't want to say it then that could be genuine if he never was like dude what the fuck like there's some heinous shit happening on this set 
why aren't y'all doing anything about it? John's like, well, why didn't you say shit then? You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I don't think executives are on the movie sets every single day. I think they're the kind of people that come in every once in a while or they Skype in or they do whatever. I don't think Zecs are, uh, Zecs, uh, executives are on the movie sets because movie sets start at like 3 in the morning or 7 or whatever. I feel like a lot of execs are not on these sets. Granted, I'm not in Hollywood, but I just don't think that's how it works. The director and the crew, are, those are the people that are working there. Um, so I want to know exactly what Fisher's saying here. Like enabling enabling is a huge big word if he's just saying oh they didn't say anything like but you know but he never brought it up nobody else brought it up how are they supposed to say something you know what i mean yeah that's my thing um again if he can provide proof then i'm down or if he can get some other people to do it that are actually on the set i know this guy clay that guy clay enos or whatever Mm -hmm. he came out he's like i heard the same thing that's not proof just because you heard something you know what i mean yeah. It's, that doesn't mean anything. I, th- um, I think, like, right now, I think a lot of people may still have some NDAs. Clay Enos was very much involved with a lot of DC stuff. I'm pretty sure he was not involved with Justice League, um, even though he is very much a uh, partner with Snyder with a lot of things. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he just wasn't in that process of being there yet uh, when all of this was going on. Uh but even uh, there is uh, somebody here, if anybody wants to read it on Twitter, uh, somebody by the name of E. Leslie Meehan. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm letting truth out. I'm letting truth out about what I experienced with Jeff Johns. I'm not the only woman to have had this experience. Ray Fisher's post has opened the door to help me help us speak out. I stand with Ray Fisher. And she talks about experience that she had with Johns with him being a little flirtatious and a little bit weird and uncomfortable. Uh, mm. So, I mean, there's some stuff that is coming out. Now, I will not say names, but uh, I haven't been told this directly. I'm hearing this from, I, I listened to two podcasts live on YouTube today, right before we started recording. And they have said, both of them, two different entities, have said, that they were fully expecting Jeff Johns to be Me Too'd last year uh, hmm. because of things that they have heard. Now, that's interesting. Like I had said, it is it is not something that they can be like, oh yeah, I heard of this experience, and then call somebody else, you know, yeah. call the abuser out or the the abusee out like that uh, when hmm. they are not ready to talk about it. So. I mean, if they don't come forward, then nothing happens. Um, I'm. This isn't a proclamation about anybody needs to coming out. I'm just saying that's that's just the truth. Yeah. But the real question that I wanted to talk to you about, because I know that you are the type of person to be like, okay, you know, I want the facts first. This is something that we've always talked about. Mm-hmm. If it comes out that John's unfortunately is not the greatest guy that we always thought he was. Are you still going to buy three Jokers? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I've waited for it that long. Here's the thing, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, and they're going to be like, because one, Fabic, I'm still, I can still support Fabic. Why that can't is I true. support Fabic? That is true. Uh, why I, w- can't I will I support DC? I will say, I, from, from this point, you know, not, you know, saying that Johns is still a good writer and mm. that none of this stuff came out. I bought Blackest Night, even though Ethan Van Skyver did all the art in it. 
or majority yeah. of the art in on the of the covers and stuff. So I mean, technically, I bought Ethan Ben Skyver art whenever I didn't yeah. really want to. So here's that's true. the thing. So I love this conversation, and I I can't remember if I've had it on my previous podcast or not. Uh, on my Juice from the Box podcast, I don't know if I had this conversation, but I am somebody that will separate art from the artist. And a lot of people are like, no, I can't do that. Oh, if they're terrible, they're terrible. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. That's not, it's, my view is, look, let's just say, depend. I don't know how you guys feel about Michael Jackson. I grew up with fucking Michael Jackson's music. There are a lot of people, especially Same. after that recent documentary, uh, that think he's a fucking terrible, awful person. He's the worst in the world. And if that's, if that's what you think, if you believe the documentaries, if you believe everything, totally fine. That's your opinion. But for you to say that he wasn't the king of pop, he didn't make great music, he didn't do any of that, you're idiotic. Yeah. Like, yeah. granted, like, I, and I know people, oh, you're calling me an idiot. Like, no, I'm just saying, like, he is an icon. He is somebody, he's, he's Beatles status. He will forever oh, be Oh, yeah, like, he, his, his, uh, his, like, death was, like, how, how old? Like, just a couple days ago? Uh, eight years, I think it's been? Yeah. And maybe more. I, I saw yeah. I saw a memory on Facebook. I was randomly on there, and mm-hmm. the very first comment from somebody I don't even remember now was like, "You know, oh, that's disgusting." That you know, he, they literally called him a baby fucker, and I was like, "Whoa, what yeah. the fuck?" Yeah. And so, like for me, genuinely, I grew up with Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. big part of my life growing up, and so I, I mean, I will always see him as the king of pop and a great dancer and yeah. you know, a great musician. Changed. And- the music industry altogether yeah and it's you know what like obviously everybody can have their opinions about the person but i don't think i don't think it's fair or logical if anything to say something was amazing it was great and then you find out that the person is a shit bag and then it's automatically shit like you know what i mean like i don't i don't think something can be devalued because you find out something terrible you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh i don't know i'm pretty sure there's like okay perfect fucking example right martin luther king a lot of people don't know this because they totally just go over it he had like white prostitutes and shit like that dude was picking up like white prostitutes and doing stuff like that nobody remembers that shit everybody's like let's put that to the side because this man did the i have a dream speech you know civil rights movement and you know what i'm totally cool with remembering him just for that i'm totally cool with that mm-hmm. granted you again if you're gonna call out all the bad shit then we got to do it for everybody and we got to do that kind of stuff so i don't know I think that people can be separated from some of the good shit that they do, um, especially when it comes to things that are art. Granted, you know, other personal situations can be very different. You know, I am somebody that will say like, if okay, so if Jeff Johns did come out and he was like, I would stop buying all his products and shit if he was like a baby fucker or like a hardcore rapist or some shit like that. Like, mm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm done with this dude for sure. But I don't know what his like, I don't know. Like, and again, Fabic's still there. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't not read that Ethan Van Skyver's guy's books like you brought up mm-hmm. because like that is the writers that did those kind of stories were good. We covered one on the podcast, which yeah. was the Catwoman story, which was good. And I know like I feel like, you know, we babble here on these things. So I'm probably some of my shit has been said very terribly on here. But my thing is, I just think I, I personally and if you can't do this, that's totally fine. I can separate the artist from the art. So I can still read Three Jokers, enjoy the art in it, and see if the story's good. Because if you know, Jeff Johns is a phenomenal writer, and 
I would be interested to see if he wrote something shitty. So I could be like, I can't believe Jeff Johns missed the, the mark on this. You know what I mean? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Well, and we do that on this podcast. I will say uh, the really funny thing that, I mean, not really funny, but just very op- opportunistic of Deadline mm-hmm. uh, to put out there is uh, this casting of Jason Momoa has been casted as Frosted, Frosty the Snowman in a live action Frosty the Snowman movie. Yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa will be the voice of Frosty. And right below that headline, it says, John Berg and Jeff Johns will produce the movie. Nice. <laughs> so they're like, hmm, they're trending. Let me put this yeah. out here. Yeah, so, perfect. I mean, but also, uh, Sean O'Connell mm-hmm. has uh, has said stuff that he, talk, he talked about the Whedon stuff in his book. And he says here, I was fascinated by the saga of Justice League, the contributions of Zack Snyder, his replacement of Joss Whedon, the strings pulled by Jeff Johns, and the fight to restore the vision of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I wrote it all in a book. comes out next year. So, of course, he's trying to promote his book. Yeah, but, I trust that stuff. But if none of this comes out now, mm-hmm. it might come out with the book. Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, prop- very possibly. I am someone that doesn't believe that kind of shit, though. Because that is very that is what do we call the uh, the tie-ins to books? Just cash grabs. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like that is. I feel like those kind of books. Uh, because I know a lot of people in the nerd community that do them. There was one like you know those like fifty things you didn't know about Infinity War or those kind of like cash grabby books. Yeah. Um, they're they're basically YouTube videos in fucking print physical form yeah yeah because like everybody's like oh it's uh the tiktok challenges right now we got to do a bunch of tiktok challenges <laughs> like oh uh, you know having a baby and using the baby on you know family vlogs it's like it's like it's what people do so i don't believe those kind of books and it's the same thing happens in like real world politics like that one dude that worked with trump is going to be releasing a book right now like, oh everybody's gonna buy it because we want to know all the secrets like oh yeah. do shit you know it's just it's he's gonna make millions of dollars and we're gonna be like oh my god you know what that one thing said and then it's gonna probably come out years later and be like that was a lie you know yeah so it's i don't know so i i steer away from those books probably why i read more comic books because i feel like oh this is all made up so i'm cool with that but yeah with this particular thing though i don't know again if if more people come out, like, so if, if Gao comes out, if Ben comes out, if, like, you know, basically the core people that work together all come out and say something, then I'm like, okay, this makes more sense. Because, like, in, in certain situations, right, like Harvey, the Harvey Weinstein thing, mm-hmm. there was so many women that came out. Oh, and you're like, dude, yeah, that's real. It, like, it, that it, has to it be was real. a fucking flood, yeah. a wave. Bill Cosby. Bill oh, Cosby, God. same thing. So many women came out. So that's like, okay, there's too much here for this not to be right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't have that yet. But if the whole cast comes out and a lot of people in the crew that are actually credited in the movie and stuff like that come out, then I'll be like, oh, you know what? There's probably way more weight to this than I know. Yeah. But as of right now, it just seems like Ray Fisher's like, yeah, Jeff Johns. You know what I mean? Like, and John Berg. So I'm somebody that's going to wait on this. Like, I'm not going to pick either side. I hope that it's not what Fisher's saying just for the sake of it would I would hate for people to just even go through that you know what yeah. I mean but at the same time like uh if if I would hope Ray's not lying too yeah because this is a shitty thing to lie about it would and I'm not saying it would be as bad but mm-hmm. it would be almost equivalent to the whole 
uh, Smullet thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Believe it or not, if you come out with something like that and you're a person of color, you're going to get hit ten times worse. Yeah. It's just how it is. They're like, oh, he's just lying. See, all this racism doesn't exist. That's what they always go to when it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So this is a very interesting situation because if that does come out, if it does come out that Jeff Johns is some kind of like horrible person or whatever, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to DC Comics. Well, a lot of people right now are wondering if wb will and this is a great segue to another portion of the podcast that i want to talk to you about um uh it, a lot of people are wondering if they're gonna pull jeff johns's uh panel at fandom mm-hmm. because it is it a great idea to have a virtual panel where people can watch and or comment and ask questions with so much heat on him right now Uh, if nothing if nothing is said if nothing is said and people are just waiting to hear something Uh they're gonna do and i'm i mean we saw it for two and a half years Mm -hmm. the snyder fans went to every wb post yeah Every WB post, regardless of what the content was in that post, mm-hmm. and, you know, just spammed, released the Snyder Cut. Yeah. I feel um, like they will do the exact same thing if something isn't said about Jeff Johns. Yeah. Regardless I, of, like I said, if it's real or not. Like yeah. so. so, the first thing I will say, when it comes to Snyder fans, they do that, but when they actually have a Zack Snyder freaking event that lasted three nights, they don't fucking ask him the question once. So I'm just going to throw that out there because they were right there with the man and it had to you had to wait until you did the signing in the drunken Zack Snyder state when you could have been on stage saying, like, are you going to release it or what, what's the deal? Yeah. Um, and give us a real video for that. But so there's that. So maybe maybe they would ask it. Maybe they won't. But I will say I don't see them canceling it. One, unless he's like, oh, I'm busy because even John, um, I always forget his last name from Word Balloon. Um, oh, um. It starts with an S. Uh, but he says that Jeff got really busy doing all the DC Universe stuff. That's yeah. why they're not continuing their podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's a busy guy, so it's very possible he can get canceled on, his, on the fandom thing. But this is, unlike Comic-Con, unlike any big convention, it's virtual. They can control everything. Yeah. Granted, there can be a chat going off and be like, oh, answer this, answer this. But they can just pull up the questions they want and be like, oh, so-and-so says, when is Batgirl coming out or whatever? Like, they can pick every question. So I don't think they need to cancel anything because there's not going to be a virtual thing. You even saw the uh, – you said that everything was planned with the Snyder thing, right? Like, uh, from, every question that was – From what asked. I have heard, it, it was it, – a lot of it was planned, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the same thing they do here. They – they have somebody either because you can already submit questions right now. Like and I that's, submitted a question. That's what I was gonna segue into because mm-hmm. there, I saw this post a couple hours ago, but still up because people are highly talking about it now. You can now ask questions for two secret films at the DC fandom event. If you look at the little scrolling thing on mm-hmm. on, I guess this is definitely iPhone iOS. Uh, it, it shows what you can ask questions about, and it says Wonder Woman 1984, Young Justice Outsiders, Zack Snyder, and then the very next two are Secret Movie 1, Secret Movie mm-hmm. 2. 
So, what do you think it is? A lot of people are guessing that it'll be New Gods and possibly another Harley Quinn uh, project. Very possible. Um, New Gods is very possible. King is still writing it, though. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would be good to have Ava DuVernay show up, you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, So, yeah, that could definitely be one of them. I think the second one is the uh, Batman Beyond movie. Oh, well, somebody somebody just said uh, New Gods isn't a secret, so it's hard to say that, you know, that can be a guess. A lot of people are saying possibly Batgirl or Gotham City Sirens. Um, Gotham City Sirens would be cool, but at this point also, because, you know, Air was attached to that, um, I just don't know if I want Air working on another DC movie personally, uh, unless he's going to get... I, I need to see the air cut first before I decide if I want to see air on something. Yeah. Because air still gave us those shitty costumes. So I'm not going to ignore that. Like, it doesn't matter what his cut looked like, he still gave us some shitty costumes and still gave us a party city level Harley Quinn in her jester outfit. I'm not going to forgive him for that. Um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be that... You know, um, those scoopers that are not as big of scoopers anymore, but they were hitting pretty solid back in the day on Twitter, did mention a long time ago that WB has an answer to the Spider-Verse, and it was going to be a Batman Beyond movie. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that announcement, um, because that was, you know, Into the Spider-Verse is huge right now. They're filming the second one. Uh, of course, WB is going to want their own version of that. So I can see that as one of the secret films because we're also in a pandemic right now. So it's very hard to make movies. But at the same time, it's the perfect time to make animation. I read an article recently that, that we should be experiencing an animation boom in the next couple of years because of everybody having to work from home. So there's going to be so many animated movies that come out. Now, so. see, my question is because, I mean, I'm not the best in audio quality, even though I would mm-hmm. like to be, and I would like to learn how to be. But, like, from what I've heard from even TV actors, I listen to a podcast called uh, The Office Ladies. They talk about yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff of every single episode. They talk through it, and they do kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They know nothing about audio stuff, and then had to have people come in and set up their own thing for, like, when now they're doing it during the pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say that, like, every person that is, like, big in animation has, like, these big setups, you know? Yeah. So, it, it it's interesting. I would, I would love to see how they're making it work. Yeah. For sure. I, I saw a video recently, and granted, I'm pretty sure this was filmed outside of the pandemic, but it was Tara Strong doing a bunch of voices for Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, and nice. she was in her photo. Fo- so all it was, was the director was in a booth and she was in a- another booth in another room yeah. and he was just through the glass. Like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And that's it. So if you only need two people to do that, you could easily have people go into the, you know, the office. Oh say, yeah. Okay. Nobody go near Tara strong. We need her for the next three months. Don't touch her. Stay the fuck away. Yeah. Director is going to stay over here. It's very possible. We granted, we had one case at our job. But they worked in a different area. Terrifying. We haven't had any crazy <laughs> stuff happen at our job. And we work in the same room almost. So it's doable. So I don't think the animation... I think animation... Because then animators can work from home. It's like, all right, we got to send you this $4,000 computer so you can start doing this shit at home, you know? 
So that's all they got to do. I would I would hate to get used to that, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to send this, you know, almost million dollar computer to your house and you're yeah. just like working on it and it's like perfection. And then they're like, OK, time to send it back. Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what can you do? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I would not be surprised if it's one of those. Um, I'm pretty sure the Internet's saying what it's been Affleck's Batman. No, I mean, a, like a, like I said, a lot of people are guessing it's either Flash or... Uh, but Flash Gr- isn't a secret. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Flash, Green Lantern, uh, more people are saying, let's see here, uh, Batgirl, Justice League sequel, New Gods, uh, Justice League Dark. Um, That's going to be a show. That, I, I yeah, get one of those. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. A lot uh, of people. Makes a lot, a of lot of people are saying new gods are Batgirl. That's yeah. what a lot. Batgirl lo- makes a lot of sense. Uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary was somebody's guess. Uh, Cyborg. I mean, I I would make a bet that it's going to be a Harley Quinn movie just because they need to lock Margot Robbie down now for that movie. Well, she's going to be in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That's exactly why they need to lock her down now. So they need to make this movie be like, because she's probably like, all right, guys, I'm just going to be in the Pirates. And, you know, Disney likes to do three movies. So, mm-hmm. you know, what are we going to do? And they're going to be like, fine, you're a super executive producer on all your movies here at WB. We just want 20 more Harley Quinn movies, please. You know, so it's going to be something along those lines, I think. Um, but, yeah, honestly, before getting another Harley Quinn movie, I just want to get Harley Quinn season three is yes. what I want um so we'll see what happens with that but i'm hoping do they have a panel are they doing a panel for that um i don't know I that need, would be the perfect time to say season three is happening i need to look into that whole website to see like yeah if it is gonna be on there yeah i haven't checked any i know it's going to hbo max pretty soon so be able to yeah. watch everything on hbo max so weird that dc like so you can get uh for those of you that don't know if you don't have dc universe right now you can get dc universe and hbo max for about the price of hbo max yes so you might want so look so the way it is though it's for only for the annual right? it's only for the annual if you purchase an annual subscription and then add hbo max to it you're only adding it for five dollars yeah. uh together that makes it about the same a uh, price that I'm paying for HBO Max by itself, which yeah. is about eleven dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as soon as you're, but a- you got the deal though. But I did. I, Max, right? I did the deal, so I can't do it. Yeah. But as soon as your annual subscription renews itself, mm-hmm. HBO Max becomes fifteen dollars again. Oh, okay. So it's only so for a year. Get... Yeah. You, that sucks if you just started it though, yeah. or if you you're like maybe midway through, that would suck. Um, but if you don't have DC Universe right now, you might want to do that if you have the money to spare. And that's the thing: right. if if you have a month to month DC Universe thing, mm-hmm. you can add your subscription to annually, and then get HBO Max, and then it work out completely fine. Yeah. But times are a little rough right now, considering pandemics, considering. Texas just got shut down again. California yeah. just got shut down today. Uh, I believe Colorado or Arizona is getting shut Arizona, down. Arizona got shut down. Like states are going to start getting shut down again, and cash flow is going to start dwindling down as well. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty insane. So um, 
yeah, I mean, if you got the money to spare, if you're somebody that still has a job or maybe you work from home and you haven't been affected by this pandemic at all, um, <laughs> you know, and you want to get yourself some more stuff, that'd be t- totally dope. Uh, there's not really much anything else besides what we've talked about. We knew that this was going to take up a majority of the podcast, um, because it's a, it's a big thing. Like, you know, we've, we've praised Johns, uh, on this podcast for a really long time. And I don't know, man, I just feel like with what just happened in the world or with, in the comic world that somebody would have said something, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if it's like that, you know, because they called out Warren Ellis, they called out that Batgirl dude. They called out. Um, yeah, you know else? that that is true. You know, I I don't know if in I mean, let's face it, uh, Weinstein was I feel like, and uh, I I can't even remember the guy that was the head of WB that just got me to a couple of years ago as well. Oh, uh, Tushahara or yeah, something like that. Yeah, Uh They were both individuals that were like, oh, nobody can touch them, and look mm-hmm. what happened. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if Johns is still at that point of, like, god mode for comics where he mm-hmm. can't be touched. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it would be very interesting. But it seems like, you know, a lot of people got called out. And uh, I'm surprised. Like, you, I feel like he that would have been the bomb to drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because it's still happening in wrestling. And maybe they're waiting for it to come out. But... Usually what you see is, because there was a lot of those threads going on, and usually it's like, oh, I I know, like, I feel like somebody would have let it slip that Jeff Johns was in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we'll wait and see. I mean, again, I hope it's not what Ray is saying, but I hope it's also, you know, I hope Ray's not making this up. So I'm hoping it's just, look, Josh Whedon's an asshole. There's a little bit of confusion around John Borg and yeah, Jeff Johns like, doing something. Yeah, I, I can definitely see a situation where Ray said this and then Berg and Johns were like, hey, let's clear some things up. This mm-hmm. is what happened. And ultimately putting Whedon as the, hey, he's the asshole here. And yeah. we didn't really have anything to do with it. But like I said, if there is a position of power for them to do something about Whedon, that's mm-hmm. where things can get a little dirty. Yeah. And I think it can. Um and but, you know, at the same time that was also Hollywood's changed a lot in those last 3 or 4 years. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people have WB's got bought by AT&T. So, I think, you know, they're like all those old ways we're shipping them out, blah blah blah. blah. Um so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh I would be interested to see if the old CEO says anything cuz didn't she have she didn't like Johns, didn't she? Uh, her name. I just recently saw her. Recently, she liked a whole bunch of. But or was it she didn't like Johns or she didn't like Snyder? I don't think she liked Johns, but she Be- she has been supporting Deborah and Snyder on a lot of stuff on mm-hmm. like social media, like quietly I re- though. I remember her making a quote when the Joker was coming out or when the Joker dropped the trailer, she was like, this is what we should have been doing the whole time at WB, which I kind of took a slight at Snyder, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because Joker did so well and we weren't doing that. And I know there's a lot of people out there right now. um, uh, Oh, I do want to mention one thing because I did see this when I jumped on Twitter, when you were sending me all this stuff, everybody was saying Johns was the reason that cyborg got canceled that's not the case, y'all. Like, as much as you hate Johns, look, Cyborg got canceled, and so did everything else. 
after Justice League bombed. That's why. It did so underwhelming that they were like, oh, we got to restructure. And that's why they brought in a Hamada and all that other stuff. But at the same time, who wants a cyborg movie? Let's be real. Like, I mean, the growth know? of it definitely has grown in the last two to three years. I will say that. Um, a lot of people. But that's because of the Snyder Cut. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, oh, he's on our side, so let's promote this. But genuinely speaking, from a general audience thing, if Margot Robbie and the Birds of Prey can't knock something out of the park, I don't know if a cyborg movie is going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, DC's very muddy waters. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a hit. This is not, uh, you know. I think Jason Momoa is the reason why, and Amber Heard uh, were the reasons why that one did so well. We had Shazam and Birds of Prey that, you know, they did better than their budget, but they didn't blow things out of the water. I, just, I personally wouldn't see... I think Cyborg would probably do like $100 million, $150 million, So give it a $30 million budget, which mm-hmm. I won't even cover the CGI. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there because I saw people were like, oh, it's Jeff Johns' well, fault. Like, it says know? here, Diane Nelson saying Johns isn't her friend uh, makes even more sense now. Some mm-hmm. as what somebody said uh, says here. Uh, John Berg, Ju- uh, Judas Jones, and Diane Nelson went into hiding after Justice League came out. John Berg been quiet like a church. Whoa, people are stupid. <laughs> um, uh, well, it says here now. I'm no fan of Diane Nelson, but even she refuses to work with Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. So I think it was diane nelson saying that like she like she she likes Zack snyder compared to jeff johns yeah yeah it's interesting i don't know there's no telling what's going on there but i guess we'll wait and see i'm pretty sure more will come out i'm pretty sure ray fisher will wait two days and say something else again um but all right we're gonna jump into comic books finally um so hopefully you guys stick around for this because we have a lot of digital firsts to talk about uh we're gonna kind of go through them uh because you know, they're kind of short, so I don't think we need to talk about every single one in super depth. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to talk about the uh, Harley Quinn black or white, black, and red black, first. Black, white, and red, yeah. Black, white, and red. Um, this is a new digital first. They announced this on Twitter, and it is Stephen Subjects. How do you say his last name? Uh, Stefan right. Sajic. Uh, Stefan Sajic. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is his last project, from my understanding, mm-hmm. in the comic world. Uh, he will be doing web comics. That's what he does. Uh, he, he said that he'll be doing indie stuff. So I don't know if it's necessarily like completely non like non publisher stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but he said, as far as the big two, he's no longer doing some stuff for a while. So hmm. I think he because f- the last few books that he did, uh, ex- pretty much the the furthest they let him do was Har- Harleen. Yeah. But they cut him at the knees with Justice League Odyssey. There has there has been he released some photos mm-hmm. when that got canceled, uh, with him being the artist. And yeah. man, it would have been a beautiful book, dude. Yeah. Like with him drawing Jessica Cruz and doing like he had Jessica Cruz create a dragon mm-hmm. out of her ring, and it looked nice. fucking legit. Nice. Yeah. So. Um... I didn't think much happened in this book, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, I enjoyed where it was going. It seems like a continuation of his Harleen story, in my opinion. Yes, it very much is. Uh, but it's very much 
I would say I would even go as far as saying several years after. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say anything like recent because because uh, when she does the callback when she's talking about uh, the color red, mm-hmm. uh, she talks about the first night her and Joker had together romantically when Arkham actually like kind of went insane at the end of that book. And like, she was about to die by killer croc. Um, and then also you see, uh, she says red is the color of our, of our breakup. And Mm -hmm. we never saw that at all. So I can assume that it's been a couple years now. Uh, and I love the fact that like this this uh, I'm guessing he is Arkham, the guy that's running the facility. Yeah. Uh, he's wanting to know what red means because mm-hmm. Harleen or Harley is talking to herself and saying, "Red, I need you to come." Like, "Red, where are you?" And I immediately was like, "Oh, that's Poison Ivy. Like, yeah. that's got to be Poison Ivy." And then you see the rose come out of the freaking wall. And I will say that center like panel where you see her is probably mm-hmm. the best thing that's drawn in this entire book. Yeah, they obviously it is black and white, so there's not like crazy, crazy amounts of detail in here. But uh, I think I love the color in it for sure. Just the simple black, white and red. Um but yeah, I, I thought this was really cool because especially coming off the Harley Quinn show, it's nice to see some more Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like, I, I told you again, I've, I've said it every time with this artist, he's very fanfic in my opinion when it comes to this. And I'm pretty sure he just has some side panels of Harley Quinn and Ivy hooking up just on his wall, just chilling. Oh, no, like there there is a very famous, like, I guess, collage of different DC couples, like, about to do the dirty or right after they did the dirty. Yeah. Um, you know, with all their clothes off and stuff. But they, of course, don't show any genitalia. Uh, but, yeah, he he very much has already drawn majority of the DC couples like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was cool. I mean, that was basically it. Um, I will say... <laughs> I will say I love I know this artist is very on the sexual round. I will say that's kind of with that panel in the rose is kind of very similar to that. You're like, I see what you're getting at, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's cool. I mean, this is some really awesome art. And I'm interested to see where this Ivy and Harley Quinn go. Have they said how many books this is? Um, No, they have not. Because it's chapter one. So I'm assuming there's going to be more chapters. Yeah um will it be three will it be six we don't really know but uh i am interested to see a relationship between harley and ivy really kind of just show up here um and again the art's beautiful and uh if you enjoyed harleen you should enjoy this one so yeah uh and it's a lot shorter than harleen we'll tell you that much right now yeah it's harleen uh, was like harleen was 80 90 pages yeah i think it was like 80 pages for each book and then uh this one is only 19 and that yeah. is counting the cover and the title page yeah so uh yeah definitely worth picking up again all these digital firsts that we're talking about today are all 99 cents yeah so definitely go pick those up um if you haven't already because we're talking about what six books 
you can get all of these books for about the price of one, like, what, 35-page special? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, definitely check them out. Uh, so, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the next one I kind of want to talk about is the – what did you think of the – I think it was book number seven on the Batham, Gotham Knights. Or was, it, was it eight? It might be eight. Uh, with the Dick Grayson and, uh, and Signal Stories. Signal Stories? Yeah, so what happens in these books, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes they have two different characters with mini stories in both of these. So today, we uh, in this in number eight, we had a Dick Grayson story and a Signal story, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. I preferred the Signal story, personally. I I did as well, um, because I feel like the, the Nightwing story was something that we kind of got in the show Titans without Zuko's kid. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so it's something that I've already read. Uh, I like how Scarface was a part of it. I haven't seen anything yeah. of Scarface in quite some time. So having him there as a villain was nice because, hey, we haven't seen... You know, that was, I think, one of the biggest things that we always applaud about the Gotham Knights books is that mm -hmm. they have a wide range of characters. Now, we have seen three joker titles or joker stories yeah. now but for the most part you know we are seeing different villains as far as uh these stories now the signal story i enjoyed the art so much more in the signal yeah. story and but the one thing that i don't like is still even in this small story we do not get an explanation of what the hell duke's power does yeah. He just says, oh, I didn't even see that knife with my light powers. What does that even mean? Like, I I, so, I don't know what that means. You never read the Signal books, right? No, I didn't. So it was, I think, three issues, maybe four issues, if I remember. So the light power is like, I don't know if he's able to use it to see, like... Because it was drawn very weirdly in the book. Like, it's kind of almost like he had thermal vision, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I read this. Yeah. This was before, maybe during King's Run. I'm not too sure. Very early on in King's Run, because it was post-Snyder's Run. Um, But, yeah, he's, like, able to, like, see... And I also think it was, like, he's able to see people who are metas or some shit. Like, he's basically able to see people's, like, I guess, threats is kind of what it was. So I guess that's kind of like, but it was weird. It was always drawn in just very like infrared kind of style, if I remember correctly. His, so his um, powers is almost like a spider sense, like a visual spider sense. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good description um, from what I remember. But now, what's his name made it, gave him black magic pretty much. So <laughs> I don't know what to um, what to say with that. Although he's going to be on Word Balloon soon, if I'm not mistaken. Or he already was on Word Balloon. Um, yeah, Brian Hill. Oh, that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I hope. I mean, I don't think you're going to get a hardcore pushing of the buttons there, but I would be interested to see what he's trying to do in that book. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the Dick Grayson story uh, I thought was okay. You know, it was just a story of, like, I'm going to get revenge, but actually seeing the character development, like, oh, I don't need to kill this person or I don't need to beat the shit out of this person because... Not necessarily over what they did, but they they're no involvement with they're not their father. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there was a very like heartbreaking or like if you've played Last of Us, there's very good character development in there. 
Um, so I highly suggest that. So I was like, I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay, I read that. That's not bad. Like I'm playing a story like that right now, so this is cool. But I liked the Signal one more because I enjoy like Duke was trying to go back to his roots. You know what I mean? He's trying to save somebody from his old neighborhood, and I think that's something that they don't. A lot of the old comics used to do that, and a lot of the side characters usually pick like a part of town that they want to protect. Yeah. And with Duke being the only, well, I mean, if you're reading, if you're reading Outsiders, he's not the only person of color in the Bat family anymore, but um, pretty much he is the only black person in the Bat family because yeah. we haven't seen Batwing in forever. Yeah. We don't know where he is. Right. And uh, if you want to consider Huntress part of the Bat family, that's really up to you. Some people would argue that she's not, blah, blah, blah. Although she was in the Tom King photo, so I guess she's part of it. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I thought this was cool that he went back to his old place. He went to try to save somebody that he used to babysit and, um, and he saw that this person's coming into debt and he just wants to, he wants to make sure they're better. Now I was very curious, right? At the end, do you think the kid pushes the button so he can get help? That's what it, that's what it looks like. Like it, it looks like. He is kind of contemplating the two when he's in his mm-hmm. room. And then when the guy comes in with the mask, he's like, you know what? Just to be safe. And he clicks it. But yeah. did you notice the uh, Dark Knight motorcycle? Yeah. Yeah. That Duke is riding? Yeah, it's very Dark Knight. Uh, I will say, too, that depending on like who's drawing duke his suit looks either really badass or really cheesy um because like the side view on that bike i'm like eh, it's okay but dude, like that side view makes him look like wolverine yeah but there's some other like other like when he's punching somebody that i mean again this isn't the greatest but we've saw in outsiders they've drawn him badass yes. in outsiders dexter art is awesome yeah so i i still think that they should just again we've talked about it many a times on this characters like duke should get like six issue series or 12 issue series that people can get like oh it's over in 12 issue guys blah blah i would think if somebody like duke i'd give him six i think he should have a minimum of six to eight to establish his character because we haven't really had duke like on his own to have his own story like yeah yeah, we had the whole thing with karma in detective comics and we've had him in the outsiders but even like i'd never read all-star batman so i don't know how involved he was in there yeah but i think that a lot of people have Mm, kind of forgotten i I feel like a lot of people have forgotten who duke is so give him a really good 68 issue miniseries establishing him as a character again for that way if anybody wants to use him in another Batman run, whether that be in the main title or in Detective, people know who he yeah. is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that was the interesting thing, right? Because we saw him grow up in Snyder's run. Wasn't very much character development. Nope. And then he tried to do that in All-Star Batman. Now, the crazy thing in All-Star Batman, and it got referenced in this book, was there Batman has this crazy wheel. And this would be an interesting thing if you want to read All-Star Batman, although I don't think it's Snyder's best work. It was interesting. There's also some little metal hints in there. Yeah. Um, but Batman has this crazy wheel that, like, if you don't... If I remember correctly, like, 
if you fall into any categories, it's like you're not ready or something like that, or some very interesting kind of like weird Batman-y type, you know, um, design. And um, it was it was putting a lot of pressure on Duke because he didn't know if he was going to be able to pass like being a Robin or a, you know a Signor or whatever. So I thought that was really interesting. They reference it in here, but you know, it's I'm very I don't know like. I think giving Duke and I I don't want to put any stereotypes on it, but like having Duke in this in like the ghetto or the hood as people would say, you think you can make a really good story out of that? Like give freaking Duke Thomas to Ed Brubaker, and I guarantee you he destroys that story because mm-hmm. he's so good. Like we're in troubled times right now, right? Give freaking because we said this was gonna definitely happen. If Batman became the black Batman that we were supposed to get, we there was definitely going to be a police story. There was just going to be. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, we got this suspicious guy. Make, do that with Duke. Give him one of those real gritty oh, stories. Oh, my God. That would that be That would be intense. fucking fantastic. That would be kind and of like, intense. And it's, it's a young black kid. This is happening in America. This is the big – this is why people are marching right now. Yeah. Give this story to Duke Thomas. And a lot of people, oh, I don't read comics for that. Then don't buy this book. But I think that would be fantastic. And then you can have this, like, heart-to-heart with Batman. You know what I mean? Like, why doesn't this happen to you? Like, why is it only, like, people of color and shit like that? Like, that would be such a crazy thing to have a conversation with Batman like that. And then you can have Batman be like, you know, as much as I fight out here, as much as I try to protect, as much as I donate, I'm not able to change that. Like, oh, my God. Like, that would be such a good freaking conversation. Ooh, to to be like... Like for him to say, you you would think Batman could do something, but but what's even worse is not even Bruce Wayne can do anything about it. Exactly, Ooh. it's oh it's man, like the oh the rich man. white man can't do anything. You know what I mean? And everybody's like, oh, you got all the power, but you're not powerful enough to change racism. You know what yeah. I mean? Like as as good of a heart Ooh. as Bruce Wayne has, just seeing like Duke break down with that kind of shit would be such a good fucking. Story. Now now I just need I need that story. Exactly. Give it to Ed Brubaker or Greg Rucka. Although I know you're not a fan of Greg Rucka right now, but he did good shit back in the day. As as long as he doesn't have Bendis ghostwriting for him, which yeah. I feel he has been for a while now. But yeah. Oh man, that would be great. That'd be a fucking fantastic story. I think that's the the unfortunate thing about writing Batman and trying to introduce new characters is those characters are always going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Like, I want to know more about Sophia. Like, I love that there's a new Latina character. No, they're, we're never going to see her again after Outsiders. Probably not, Yeah, to be honest. So, you know, that kind of blows. But anyways, uh, let's go ahead and go on to the... What was the next one? What was Nine? Nine, was Joker nine, story? nine was the Two-Face story that I really liked. And then okay. uh, the, the Joker story was meh. Yeah, the Joker story sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. They tried to do something new that just didn't work. Uh, it didn't work because the damn editor had to tell you at the start. It was like the it was like a, giving the punchline of a joke at the no, start. No, no. Do you know what that was? What they're like? Okay, we know how hardcore these Joker fans are. Hey, yeah. by the way, none of this is real. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, don't you don't can't can, do don't cancel us. It's not. It's it it's. Yeah. This is just a fun little story. What if? Yeah, and that's the worst thing. I was just like you you lost me at the beginning so why would i even attempt but i did i read it and i didn't like it i really yeah. like this two-faced story because mm-hmm. it shows like we we have read 
plenty of Two Face stories uh, recently, recently showing yeah. the dual personality of mm-hmm. both Harvey Dent and Two Face. Yeah, and to know that Harvey was so dominant during this time in Arkham and in prison that he fell in love with this woman, but his like OCD and compulsion for the coin fucks everything up. Yeah. So what happens in this story? Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So what happens in this story is, yeah, you were saying that he falls in love. He's basically, I don't know if, look, I'm a guy. I've definitely done this before. I've met a pretty girl before. I'm like, oh, what would happen if this happens? I've done the girly daydream thing before, all right? Okay? <laughs> I dated a girl for five years that I thought we were going to get married. It didn't work out. Clay's actually got married. I don't know if you fantasized about your marriage before that. Uh, but you know what I mean? A little bit, like, yeah. So, like, the thing is, that's what Harvey Dent's doing here. Like, he was, like, going to get face surgery. They were going to have kids. They were going to move out of Gotham. He was going to go to a therapist to, like, really yeah. work out his shit. Oh, so good. Like, it was crazy stuff. And so, did you get this feeling? She's definitely, like, breaking the law here, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, no, no, no. no. This this wasn't... It's it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm gonna go straight. Yeah. And then get married and everything else. No, this woman is breaking the law for me. We're running away together. Gonna go into hiding and then have our happy life. So yeah. it already kind of like started with like not so good terms. Yeah, for sure. But like I really love the 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 mirror of w- at the very beginning where Batman catches Two Face and he says, mm-hmm. "Fucking Batman!" Like like yeah. like great. Like I was I was out of the bank, everything was going good, and then fucking Batman showed up, and yeah. then here it shows them running away, and he has the compulsion for the coin and so he tosses it and like the face that he has at that last panel when he tosses it you're like Mm -hmm. oh no and you turn the page and he fucking choked her out with her own tie yeah and And she's crying crying she's dead you can clearly see the purple and red on her neck yeah and he's walking out of arkham like nobody's business and it ends with him saying fucking batman yeah and i'm just like that is so good <laughs> yeah it was actually yeah very now i will say i was reading this during an episode uh, during a game of apex while i was like running and i was like ah, da, da, da. <laughs> i was like <laughs> so i didn't get the full emphasis of it but when i like when i went back and looked at it i was like oh shit i was like that was actually a really good story now i will say we did just recently read a two-face story and we saw the vice versa crew the two foot the two-face uh i don't know what they were called I feel like they called them yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, vice and versa. No, but those are the two characters. But what were the actual, like, gang called? Oh, I could have sworn uh, they had an actual, like, name for the Two-Face gang. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But do you think those were better, or do you think these costume ones were better? Um, because these had that mask. Or, like, like half, half, their head. half the face. Yeah. Um. Because the other guys were half-scarred. Yeah, so, like, they, that was permanent. That was like, like full on, like, hey, I'm a yeah. cult. I will do anything you say. This is like, eh, if I want to leave Two Faces Gang, I can <laughs> at least have a pretty face. Yeah. Um, I think I like. I like that design. I like the mask. I, I really do. Yeah. I think I really like the mask. I think that would be really cool for a movie. Oh yeah. So that would look dope for a movie for sure. 
Um, I wish they would alternate though, but then again, they all they're all you know that's all Two Face's side, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That was a really good story. Um, again, these digital first usually. I will say, out of all the digital first, that that Joker and um, Nightwing were the first ones that I was like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. You know? Um, but granted, we still had parts of stories that were really good, or two other mini stories yeah. that were still good in each issue. So so far, I would say each of these issues has been worth my dollar that I've spent. Yeah. Um, we do have one more. Which, this one I enjoyed. It was more of the campier side of Batman. It's fighting lions in this one. Yeah. <laughs> but it had to do with a mystery. And I like that. Because what happens in this book is Batman is hunting down, or he's trying to find out. Uh, he gets, he, you know, Batman just shows up to crime scenes. This is what he does. He definitely has a police radio in his head. Because um, he just gets all the stuff. There is another butler, which this is just, What? Uh, there's another butler trying to get something for a woman out of a closet and it's super heavy and she's like what are you doing like why can't you pick this up and she drops this very expensive suitcase and there's a man in it uh and it's it's her dead husband so gordon shows up with bullock and uh they're trying to figure out what's going on they think it the suspect's the wife because she's rich and she didn't change her name so yeah like uh, da, da, da. And uh, there's these weird flies everywhere, like a particular type of fly. And all you see is Gordon hears something, and out of nowhere you see Batman grab one of the flies with his hand and dips. And then we go to the freaking Batcave. Gordon sees him go away, and he's like, ah, it was nothing. Because, you know, he just lets Batman do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, and the cool thing is, is we get to see Alfred, which we haven't seen Alfred in a while. Well, we see him a lot in these, actually. But we haven't seen him in the main run because he's dead. Uh, but we see a lot of stuff going on with uh, they're analyzing the freaking fly. And, of course, Batman's all like, oh, yeah. Batman actually says the machine did all the work in here, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, he's like, the machine did most of it. Uh, but they find out that this particular fly only is a part of this particular animal. There's like, like a, basically a water buffalo. Yeah. And he was like, where's the closest place to find this? There's a sanctuary outside of gotham so the cool thing is he goes out there and he's trying to find out what it is there's a you know a couple that lives there with these animals this dude batman does a lion call because of course he does <laughs> yeah he's so, what does he say he says let's let's hope my, my lion, lion moan, moan is still effective <laughs> yeah and so it must have been good because the zebras are like whoa and they just get out of there this this lion's like huh so uh i guess batman you know and it good at that. it was so loud it got the attention of the people inside the building yeah <laughs> i think that was the ruckus of everything but yeah i mean what was that moan uh but anyways this dude comes outside with his wife uh they're in their pajamas and he has a rifle and batman comes out of nowhere and just pushes him down and he's all like why'd you do it and he's all, like, threatening this dude and, like, basically saying the whole plot. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Like, I have no idea what's going on. He thought he this guy was having an affair with the uh, the wife that of the husband that died. And uh, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. The other wife, the wife of this guy that Batman's about to beat the shit out of, releases all the animals. And so Batman's got to fight two lions. Now, I love that Batman thought, like, he was like, all right, I can't fight two Batmans. This wasn't the typical, like, boom, boom, you know? If I'm not mistaken, he also fought lions in Snyder's run. I don't know how many people, yes. how many he fought. Though, he three, fought maybe? three. 
Yeah. And he was like a badass. Yeah. But this one, I like it was a little bit more realistic. He's like, I'm not going to take out, I'm not going to be able to fight one of these lions, let alone two. So he uses the gun and he's like, I got to take this to the ground and brace. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I like that. So he's fighting these lions and he's able to get away and, um, you know, he barely he, gets away. He, he is gets able, no, he, what he does, he does get thrown by one mm-hmm. and he has a tranquilizer that yeah. he like, he likes it's almost like a syringe and he like stabs one of them and the lion almost goes immediately down and he like makes yeah. a joke about like ooh maybe i should carry this around more often yeah and then uh yeah, he's like maybe i should carry two cuz the other lion's about to attack him from behind and uh what happens is he's able to like dodge the lion and he throws it through the monkey cage or i think they're like baboons right yeah uh and then these baboons are like fuck you lion and then they just start fucking him up and batman's like i'm gonna let them sort that out <laughs> like he's like the lion's taken care of like i'm done and we see the wife has a gun towards batman and at this point batman's all like it's you you're the one having the affair and the cool thing here is she's like what are you talking about and he deduces everything in that moment yeah that's what i love because he's not saying like this is everything you did but he's like deducing the situation he's like you're the one that fell in love with the husband of uh, what's her face and and, because he the thing is he sniffs a ten thousand dollar perfume on her yeah being bruce wayne he knows that smell yeah with all of the scarlets and everything he does uh he's just like yeah i know that smell bitch so there's no way you miss lion lady can afford that yeah so um he you know he comes out and realizes that she killed the guy uh when she you know he broke up with her basically yeah and so i thought that was pretty awesome and she's now i will say how the hell did she get that thing in the closet if that old the the butler couldn't do it either well i mean i would say it's up to old age and old bones yeah and maybe she was able to do it you know she's she's a lot younger things like that but then like the guy's like i didn't buy you that perfume what is he talking about yeah and that's when Batman freaking tackles her. And then it goes to the woman, uh, mm-hmm. of the original wife of the person who was killed. Yeah. And they kind of talk about, you know, the situation. Like, oh, man, how... Uh, uh, I, she said, simply good detective work was all that was needed to uncover the truth. And they have, a like, a witty back and forth. And then Bruce is like, if you ask me, the real mystery is why aren't we more like animals... He says, "As long as you treat them right, they're never they'll never stop loving you." And then the cat that he's like petting, like it's, like legitimately attacks him right afterward. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, that was a little too much. Like, yeah, that that little cliche was a little much. Now there was another Batman uh, Gotham Knights. I feel like we have a lot of books to talk about tonight, so I didn't yeah. buy that one. Um, Neither did I. But we should be able to cover that soon. Uh, yeah, you know, in the later weeks. Yeah, because I don't know what's uh hap- what comes out this coming out week, but I don't think it's gonna be a lot. It it really depends. It really depends on how DC treats this fourth or this technical fifth week. Yeah. Uh, if they treat it like a normal fifth week, then we can cover this stuff simply, or we can just intric intri- uh, intricately put it into the show. You know, throughout you know the month. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're gonna jump over to the last two books we got, which are. Issues five and six from the animated series written by Paul Dini. And uh, what's the other writers? Burnett, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, Alan Burnett. Yeah. 
Um, this has been solid. Again, we've talked about how this has been. It just feels like a continuation of the show. Like, it just feels great. And uh, the last time we read one of these, uh, it ended on a cliffhanger with, I think, Robin looked like he was about to get burned yeah. by um, Firefly. And so here we have Slade and Robin kind of running away. And Slade's like, get out of here. Like, I'll take care of Firefly. And, uh, you know, he saves up Robin and all this stuff. And Batman's like, where the hell's Robin at? His comms are off. And, um, you know, we just kind of see Batman ends up showing up and saving them both, actually. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, yeah, Batman's awesome. He had to save Slade Wilson. No, I really like the moment where Batman jumps on a fire truck and the civilians are like, holy crap, he has a fire truck, too? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good thing. That's what I love about the animated series is it can get away with saying stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense because of the drawings and just if you've seen the animated series, you know how it goes. So Batman saves them, and Slade's all like, you know, he's like, why are you here, Slade? Like, why are you in my city? He's like, look, I've been paid to take out Firefly. He's been, you know, brought up by the Cobras, blah, 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 like saying his plan. And we see that Jason Todd, or who we assume is Jason Todd, is watching this whole thing unfold. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is there's a conversation after that between Barbara and Tim where we find out Tim got grounded because he's been working with Slade. And Barbara's kind of like, oh, you know, what's going on? And they're trying to find this stalker who we think is Jason. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's, you know, they pull stuff from satellites or whatever, but they can't find anything. Um, I love that there's a little, you know, she says, who says, oh, Alfred says perhaps they can fly because they're like, how's he moving so fast? And Batman's like, he's got a very thin wire. Yeah. And uh, he's, Alfred's all like, they do it all the time in Metropolis. Yeah, a little so, like, a I that was small kinda, little call to Superman, yeah. Supergirl. Very nice. So I thought that was yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Now the interesting thing here was we see that Red Hood, I'm just gonna call him Red Hood or Jason Todd, is actually spying on Slade too. You know, he's been watching Batman and everything that we see him spying on Slade, and this is when we find out that Firefly was actually working for Slade because it's that girl that we saw in previous issues. So I thought that was really cool. And then, of course, if I'm not mistaken, we found out about Lex Luthor in a previous issue, right? Or is this the first time we're seeing about Lex Luthor? Uh, this is the first time we're seeing Lex Luthor in this story. There was a story earlier. Yeah. But this is, like, showing that he is involved with Deathstroke. Yeah. And so Lex Luthor wants Batman dead because nobody makes a fool of Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah, he's never been able to kill Superman, so he's like, let me go actually try to kill this guy. He's a human. Um, But, uh, yeah, so Slade's all like, yeah, this is going to be the death of Batman. And Jason Todd overhears that because he's spying on them. So that leads. That was issue uh, five. That was a pretty solid issue. This is one of those things that is just kind of like an episode. I feel like all of these are one episode is what it feels like, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I I would say they're all one episode. Or this this Slade arc, it would be one episode, maybe two episodes. Because uh, I don't think, like, if I were to see this all as one episode, this particular one, eh, maybe it'd be a co. I mean, uh, the animated series did have, I think, there was up to three episodes that would be a story sometimes, if I'm not mistaken. It definitely had some two-parters, for sure. I don't know if they did a three-parter, though. Was the Superman one a three-parter? Uh, Superman one, I believe, was two. Two? Okay, yeah. maybe I'm just thinking about that. But um, anyways, I thought that was a solid issue. Uh, and then the next one, uh, which is issue six, is the basically Slade's finally going to try to take out Batman. 
And I, I kind of like what this the way the way this went down, because Jason, we if if this is gonna be a replay of Red Hood, we know Jason wants to take down Batman. Yes. Or Jason wants to be that, so he doesn't want Slade to take him out before he gets to have his plan. So Jason gives Barbara a heads up in a book because she works at a library, and I don't think she works at a library in the current run anymore. Mm-hmm. which i mean i don't know why i mean she is i don't even know why she would work in a library anyways but i do think it's a good place for her to work i think it's kind of cool easy cover and stuff yeah but now she's like a big tech guru and all that jazz still blows my mind that she lost all her money in her series like she should be very wealthy yeah um but anyways uh we start seeing that slade uh knocked out all the gcpd like and batman was kind of like hmm like nonchalant about it you know what i mean like he was like oh it's just it's just gas but they wouldn't let me use your signal and so batman he's like i know where lynn's at let's go find him and so batman's like all right i'll go with you to go find you know freaking firefly yeah and this turns into basically it's a trap for batman and i thought this was kind of cool because i mean jason todd literally said it's a trap like literally (laughs) in the note and he left it in a note about the trap was going down at a dam, and he left it in a book about a dam at uh, the old Gotham Dam. Yeah, uh, Hist- in the historical library. society was the go. book. Yeah, yeah. And th- this is what I loved about the issue is Slade's like, "Oh man, there's some bombs in here. Let me try to defuse them or whatever." And Batman's all like, "This ain't enough explosives to blow up this dam." Like I love how he already knew something was up. You know. Yeah. He's like, there's no way this is going to go down. And then he starts breaking down the situation as it's happening. And when Firefly shows up, he's all like, hmm, this person looks kind of small for Firefly. They have like three inch boots on. Yeah. And like he just starts deducing the whole thing. And then he like takes out Firefly so quick with like a freeze bomb, um, which I really enjoyed. I, I That's what I've always loved about Batman is how he's a thinker. Again, it's I'm glad the the animated series would always do this in the brain or I like the way this is like all thoughts because if he was saying this shit out loud a la sean murphy style i would hate this yeah like if he was like oh i see that you have three inch boots on firefly oh let me hit you with this like oh you don't fit in that suit like no like that's just it doesn't work with batman i think that's why i've soured on the murphy run for so much um besides other things uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, we find out that Slade, uh, you know, after Firefly's taken out, Slade has this sword and he's like, die, Batman. How do you say the name of this sword? I can't say that name for the life of me. Hephaestus? Is that how you, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to say that. So I'm going to assume that's what that sword is called. And I've never really understood this sword. So he can shoot laser beams out of it. Like... I think I'm it's like confused. either plasma or energy, you know, yeah. comic booky stuff. Really, is yeah. what I always chop it up to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's he slices Batman's cape and slices his back, and uh, he's you. We finally get the classic villain idea or monologue here. He's like, "Why are you doing this, Slade?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm here to take your whole enterprise. I'm going to take your kids. I'm going to take your city." but I'm going to kill you in a heroic way so the city doesn't think I'm crazy or anything like that, blah de blah blah And, uh, of course, right when he's about to do the death blow, we see a batarang come out of nowhere, 
wrap up his hand and it's Batgirl and Robin to the rescue. And I thought this was kind of cool. And he's, you know, Slade's all like, oh man, y'all would have been really good people, but you know, I'll kill you too. Like if I have to. And then of course, uh, I thought this was pretty smart here. I love the way Batman gets a fuel cell or whatever from What's-Her-Face, throws it at Slade. He's got a flaming sword. This is gasoline. Cuts it right down the middle. And he immediately like bursts himself into flames. And he's like, yeah. I got Kevlar. This isn't going to hurt me at all. And yeah. Batman's like, yeah, it's probably not going to hurt. But it's getting pretty hot in there, don't you think? Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. And then Slade tries to blow up. Have a, He has a big explosion. Gets taken out. Not with a fire. He gets taken out by getting a fire extinguisher thrown at his head. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of <laughs> campy. Like he's like dunk, he just gets knocked out, and then Batman picks up the fire extinguisher and puts him out. I think what makes it like even better is the onomatopoeia of clung. Yeah, (laughs) like it's so great. And then we find out, of course, in typical Batman fashion, that he already knew this was gonna happen. So, and then Robin's all like, "Wait, you mean we didn't do anything?" And he's like, "Eh," "You know, Batman's just kind of like whatever," Um, but. And then, and then it just cuts to, like, did you get any prints off of that note? Like, who gave us this idea, you know what I mean? Or who told y'all the warning? Uh, I am very curious, though, because, like, Batman, if Batman did know this, right, I've always... Because this happens quite a few times. Like, Batman's like, I had him where I wanted him, or stuff like that. And sometimes you know he just says that to say that. Um, but I'm very curious on, like, how we would have got out of these situations sometimes, yeah. you know? Like, he was almost dead to rights there but he was also had a lot of distance between him and Slade uh but we see that Jason Todd is at like on a gargoyle doing the classic Batman like stare down which I think is really cool and you know Bruce comes to the realization that if he was able to give Barbara that note he knows who all of us are yeah and so uh yeah the next one's called the wrath of Azrael so this is a new arc. Uh, I can see assume I don't think Jason Todd is Azrael. No. And so, I haven't started my rewatch of the season. Did Azrael ever show up in the main series? I don't think so. Not that I can recall. I really like how uh Paul Dini and Alan Burnett are really going out of their way to expand this universe and not just like oh well i'm going to just you know recycle these villains and Mm -hmm. you know just put another new story out there just because now i'm sure we will get that eventually but like knowing that okay they've never told jason todd before they've never told deathstroke before and to now get asriel i think that's pretty cool yeah no i think it's pretty solid and again because Deanie's probably like another Joker story, another Two Face. You know, <laughs> like Deanie's been around long enough to know that, like, yo, Batman has so many villains. And also, before anybody says, "Oh, well, Deanie writes the Arkham games," yeah, we don't get Arkham games every year. We get them yeah. every five years. If we got a Joker story every five years, we wouldn't be complaining about it. Yeah, and I'm hoping, I, I mentioned this to Clay, I was like, uh, DC right now, and I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast, uh, because I think we probably read this between, but DC is building up this Tinian Joker War as their final chapter, the final battle between Batman and Joker, and I feel like 
It's Jerry Seinfeld has said this the best. Jerry Seinfeld hates when people introduce him as the world's funniest comic or whatever, or the world's best comic, because you're automatically telling the audience like, oh, this is the best guy in the world, huh? Well, make me laugh, funny man. Make me laugh if you're the best. Yeah. Like, yeah, that you don't do that. That mentality is because you you were setting up James Tinian to fail immediately. Exactly. You are going to hype up this story to say, oh, this is the final encounter. Either one or the other or both will die. Then I, I want to expect that. I'm going to yeah. expect if any of these people do not die in this story, then Tinian has failed in this in this entire run. Yeah. And I I don't know again, we, we I mentioned it earlier, we we're supposed to get a black Batman. Um we're pretty sure those things have been nixed. Yep. We don't think that's gonna happen anymore. So it would be stupid to kill Bruce at this point. Again, it would be worse for Tinian because it's exactly what Snyder did. Why would you do it again? Uh, just like I've mentioned, he's doing a war. King just did that. Uh, you know, he's doing another Joker story. Snyder just did that prior to King. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a lot of repeat stories. And now that DC's saying, like, it's the final battle. The thing is, comic fans know it's never the final battle. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's why people can die and they can come back. Sometimes characters die, and they don't come back. You know what I mean? Like, we've had that. You can bring them back at any time. Yeah. It, That's the it idea. Took, it took Jason Todd, I think, 5, 15, 20 years to come back. Yeah. It took Green Lantern almost 12 to 15 years to come back. It took... How long was Barry out? Barry... Let's see. Let's do that. Because I think that's the longest. Yeah. How long? And so, like, that's the thing now. Like, I comic readers don't mind death. 23 like, years. Barry was gone for 23 years? Yeah. Shit. That's crazy. So, comic fans are okay with deaths. Like, you can do deaths in comics. But, you gotta spread them out. And I think that's why some... Obviously, a lot of people were mad with what King did because they were like, oh, those deaths are just shocking. Um, although, like, that story was always meant to have characters. Although those characters, I haven't seen those characters come back from that story. The ones that died. A lot of those B-list characters yeah. or whatever. Uh, maybe they were C-list, D-list characters. Um, but, you know, a couple of the characters did come back immediately. We saw it with uh, Wally West and uh, Ivy. But they were also in story made sense on how they came back because wally tra traveled through time ivy was reborn as a plant ivy you know what i mean those deaths still they came back they brought those care back in logical ways comic book logic ways yeah um and i don't think fans have problems with deaths but like you can't you can't kill batman and joker at the end of this because you know the next writer is going to want to write a joker story and that's DC's moneymaker. But I told Clay that if this is the final battle and they kill the Joker or whatever happens at the end of this, give me like a minimum two year no Joker stories. And then when he comes back, you're like, oh shit, it's been two years. Because two years doesn't seem like a long time, but we've been in 2020 for seven months now, going on seven months. It feels like it's been this year's oh, been forever. Oh my God. 
<laughs> Dude, so, the last three months have been five years on its own. Yeah, so just imagine going away and not doing Joker stories for two years. When he comes back, you can make it huge. Oh, and yeah. I think that's what DC needs to do. You need to let these other characters breathe. And it's fine. Like, you, Joker goes away, elevate Scarecrow. Elevate freaking, you know, give me a better Riddler story that's not gimmicky. You know, even then, I don't really want Riddler. Scarecrow, I'm surprised, has not had a major story in Batman. Yeah. In forever. I don't need Two-Face. But again, I've said, like, for the even in the movies, I think they should bring somebody like Dollmaker in. Uh, they should bring other just awesome characters like the what Paul Dini's doing and just do that. Like, we don't need Joker all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. We will be covering, I mean, hopefully, we will be covering Batman 94 or 95? Uh, I think it's 94, right? Yeah. I think it's 94 next week on the, the podcast. But, yeah, it's they're setting up Tinian to fail because they're setting the expectations so high and um you know expectations are already high on batman books so like jason was dead for 16 years yeah that's a whole child teenager right there yeah somebody was born the year he died and was a teenager probably jason todd's age when he came back yeah so like uh yeah it's it's pretty crazy wait now that i think about it if Jason Todd died, right? Jason Todd died well, guess... in 88. Yeah, he died when I was born. So he came back when I was 16. Wow. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is in continuity time, how long do you think he was dead? Because he's about the same age as Dick Grayson, right? Um, I would say he's about... No, well, uh, I don't know. Because he's older than Tim, He's 100%. He's older than Tim, but... He wouldn't have a Robin. I mean, like, he wouldn't have a Robin that... Because it showed him growing. Like, Jason Todd grew from a child to a Mm preteen to a teenager by the time he died. Yeah. So, I think that he is... He's in between... He's clearly in between Tim and, and Dick Grayson. Yeah. I think that he was gone. Gosh, I don't know. Because you got to take into account, too. Like, let's just say they're the same age, right? Like, let's just say they're both 22, right? And if Grayson... Because, like, you could have got him at different points in their lives. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Dick Grayson's going to be... He's going to look older because he's been training since he was... 12 or whenever he became batman's robin you know what i mean so even if he's 20 like picking up todd at like maybe like 15 he could be a scrawny looking kid yeah when you know whatever so like you could play around with that a lot but if jason todd dies and he stays dead for let's say two years and he comes back he's still technically whatever age he died yeah like you know yeah so um that's very interesting because then at that point Although they may have been born the same year, he's like, oh, I'm not really this old because I died for two years. So I kind of put a stop on my life. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, then Lazarus Pit maybe gets you to your real age. I don't know. I mean, that makes you younger. So it's I would weird. say anywhere from – because there's – I don't know if you've ever read it. It's I think it's on the DC Universe app. I have it uh, printed um, mm-hmm. in my 
you know, collection. But there is a mini series for right after he is resurrected. The one where he like hangs out with Talia and all that stuff, and he's like blowing up like buildings in the mountains and shit. I think so. And then, but he eventually stops that because mm-hmm. he wants to go after Joker. Yeah. And then at the very end, he like almost has an opportunity to do it, and something stops him. And it's supposed to tease, like, that's the beginning of Under the Red Hood. Yeah, yeah. I've read that. I forget what it's called. It has Red Hood. It's like Red Hood something. It's like Red Hood Lost oh. Days or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I've definitely read that. Because I bought that at half price. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And that's when I learned a lot more about Red Hood. Um, but, yeah, it's a really good. He's somebody else I think needs, oh, like, yep. Lost a, Days. That's a 12-issue, like, run, to be honest. Because, like, he's got... I mean, we'll see what happens in Three Jokers. Because apparently he's going to be a big... Well, also, I guess since we're talking about comics and I'm pretty sure we're at its end, um, Mm -hmm. Scott Lobdell is no longer going to be writing Red Hood. Oh, really? After... Well, they haven't announced it. But after... Let's see here. Starting in 2011. Mm -hmm. And he is just now stopping. So... He's been writing Red Hood since 2011? Since the start of Red Hood and the Outlaws in New 52. Wow. Yeah. Damn, so if I if I want to get in DC and write one comic book forever, <laughs> I guess I could write Red Hood. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I mean, a lot of people dog on it. I still haven't read it yet. But Jason Aaron wrote Thor for like... Gosh, I, he, he wrote Thor for a good, like... I can't imagine that Red Nine Hood is good though. Ten, it, it it's not a great seller, but it's a consistent seller. So that's mm. how they were able to keep him on it. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. So he's gonna get off. I wonder who they're gonna put on there. I still say some. I want to see Tom King do a Batwoman in the Middle East story. I want to see that so bad. Um, I wouldn't of that mind one it. story we read. Yeah. In, uh was it a was it a digital first? Uh, that one. Or was that? Yeah, no, no. Like it was a... it was a digital. It was the very first one. It was Gotham Knights number one. Yeah. So like, I still think that would be fucking fantastic on his end because you know, um, that's the one thing I love hearing about Tom King is like the dude was in the fucking CIA, man. He was in Afghanistan. Yeah. Like, I want to hear that dude's stories. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear joe blow story that i went to the comic shop every weekend kind of thing although it seems like that's what tom king did too when you hear his stories yeah um see even i want to hear jason aaron uh uh well even before that because that's the first volume uh forgotten thunder number one 2012 Mm -hmm. and he just recently stopped writing it in 2019 Damn, two, eight years? Uh, Twelve, seven years? Yeah, two, that, it was 2018-2019. So, mm-hmm. he wrote it forever. And the thing is, okay. a lot of people are like, oh, that's seven years. Like, whatever. You know, Tom King just did it for three years. You're like, yeah, yeah but that's every two weeks. Thor is not an every two weeks book. Neither is yeah. Red Hood. So, yeah. it lasts forever. Yeah. What's more impressive, then? King's or his? Because King did it for four years almost, bi-weekly. Four years, bi-weekly. Because Snyder didn't do it bi-weekly. Yeah. 
He did four years of 52 issues. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I, I mean, I commend anybody that is able to, especially Red Hood, like, I could not confidently say, oh, I can have eight years worth of stories of Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, that character is very weird. Although, like, it had its moments, though. Like, I jumped on Red Hood when he shot Penguin. And I was reading it for a while and buying it for a while. So he had moments. And then um, I don't know what they did with the Dark Trinity, but the Dark Trinity sounds like. But from what I've heard since the beginning of Rebirth, Scott Lobdell, Mm -hmm. because Rebirth in itself was a rejuvenation moment for a lot of writers. It got them the chance to kind of reboot their series. Mm -hmm. And so it helped. Uh scott lubdell because his new 52 run was running kind of dry near the end Mm. and so when he started it back up it like really like hit people and i'm like holy crap this whole dark trinity thing is really working out because they what they had before was red uh uh was arsenal and starfire oh that's the one where she was just fucking everybody right yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember that series. And so then you are now using Artemis and now Bizarro, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. this is a powerhouse. This is like yeah. the legit Trinity, but dark. Like, it is legitimately a dark Trinity. Yeah. And it worked out, and people loved it. You know, there was a whole story about how, like, Lex tried to make Bizarro smart and it wasn't really working out and Mm -hmm. there was gonna be i can't remember if it was in the beginning of rebirth or at the end of the new 52 but there was like a of mice and men moment with bizarro at one point and they were gonna put him down and like all sorts of stuff it it was like i would like to go back and read that but to know that he was able to pull it off for eight years like bravo on him i i I, yeah for sure it but i would also encourage you know other people to to also check out this new reader i want to see something new from red hood you know oh yeah yeah i mean i hope i wonder if they'll get it away from the outlaw stuff or if it's always just gonna be red hood and the outlaws um i think red hood should definitely do something like i don't know man like i I've, i've always said that batman characters do better when they're grounded um, but I don't think you can do a grounded Red Hood story with people like Bizarro and Artemis because they're so powerful. Yeah. So you have to do these zany, like, oh, the world is opening up and there's these crazy dimension spiritual stuff. And I feel like you can lose a lot of people doing that. I think that's why Justice League doesn't do so good sometimes because they make it so big. Yes. And you're like, bro, and chill. And I can't remember if we've ever talked about this. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the podcast. But that is why I always, 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 from, from the moment I decided it might be a thing or that it could mm-hmm. be a thing, I think Justice League should be an event book. Like it should be, yeah, I agree. it should be a summer event book that yeah. you only see for three months, mm-hmm. do it every two weeks, do it once a month. It doesn't matter, but it should be an event title and only an event title. I wouldn't mind. I like that idea a lot. Cause I, I, cause I'm also somebody that thinks a lot of these books that are on sale should go to 12 issues and the story ends 
and then you do another you if you if it sells well you do another 12 issues like months later like a season two like something like morrison is doing with green lantern he did green lantern season one and green lantern Mm -hmm. season two yeah so yeah i think i think there's a lot of books that should not be ongoing because you're not going to get somebody that's going to tell like crazy ass stories like and this is again i know everybody's like oh you slob on tom king's knob so much uh (laughs) but like that dude did a story from page from issue one to 85 bi-weekly and it's one whole story now i I will say i will say there was some delays from time to time but for the most part yes for two weeks for every two weeks from 2016 to late 2019 yeah he did his work and got that book out yeah and it's insane like so like you gotta commend that because it's so easy to just fall off a story you know what i mean granted some people think he could have done things better i do think he could have been a little bit more fluid when it came to the nightmares thing and been like oh yeah this is what's happening on the outside of the nightmare but at the same time, it was he said it was a perspective comic, so you should have read it from the perspective of Batman. Um, but anyways, like, it's yeah, I, I think there's a lot that can be done. I would, I, I've always said that DC really needs to allow like the Titans, the Dark Trinity, Justice League Dark to shine more and save the Justice League's ass every once in a while. Can you imagine the Trinity fighting somebody like Doomsday or something, and they're getting their ass kicked, and they're all there kneeling, like, about to be beat up, and then the Dark Trinity shows up, like, fucking Goku, and they're just like, we're here to help, bitches. And they start fighting Darkseid? See, I would, like, I, would, that would be awesome. I would genuinely like a Trinity-Dark Trinity crossover because they are so different. Yeah, like you, and they're all like we, the problem child. Yeah, we have recently seen Bruce and Jason go at it. Yeah, and we have also seen Batman, or we've seen Bruce, like really know Jason for who he is, and went to him and said, "Hey, freaking uh, Roy's dead," and he yeah. let him react the way he would react. Like, so they understand each other, but they also very much know that they are complete opposites. So I yeah. would love a story with them. Yeah, I think it would be great, you know, because you can build the, like, Superman has a connection to Bizarro, Artemis has a connection Which to Wonder I Woman. Which I actually think, now that I rem- I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure they did have a story together. Did they? Yeah. I can't remember if it was like in recently? Red Hood or if it was in Trinity before it got canceled. That's interesting. I didn't finish Trinity. And I'm pretty, like and I'm pretty sure they that. either used... It was... I can't remember if it was Constantine or Zatanna that they used. Mm. Oh, you know what? It might have been... No, because I think it was Red Hood and Bizarro. I'll, I'll have to do it. I'll have to like send it to you later. But I'm yeah. pretty sure like it was the Trinities of Dead Man... Constantine, Zatanna, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Red Hood, Bizarro, Artemis. Hmm. Yeah. Dead Man's considered in the Trinity? I would put Swamp Thing in there, personally. Yeah, but, I mean, every, everybody would always team up Swamp Thing with Constantine. Like, that's what they always yeah. do. Because I, well, I feel like he's the Superman. Yeah, he, he would be you the know? Superman of the 
Yeah. And, you know, Zatanna's the Wonder Woman and Constantine's the Batman. Batman. Yeah. 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 So, like, I don't know. Who is the – who's the Teen Titans Justice League or the Trinity? Uh, it, Teen Titans? Yeah. Uh, well, it's hard to say with this new lineup. I don't like the new lineup at all. But for the new lineup, I would definitely say Damien – and then there's this character, uh, I believe, Lobo's daughter. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. Would be is she the Superman or is she Wonder Woman? I think she would be the <laughs> Wonder Woman. Okay. Because uh, she has, a, of course, a problematic father, which Wonder mm-hmm. Woman at times thinks Zeus is problematic. So that yeah. totally makes sense. And then as far as the Superman character, it would have to go to Kid Flash. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the black Wally or the white Wally. It's the black Wally, Wallace. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think they could really. I just wish, and I granted, I know, like I know, writing's hard sometimes, and depending on how people's schedules are, and blah, blah, blah. But I wish that people would just sit down and be like, okay, we want this moment to happen. How do we get there? We want this moment. I, you think, I, I think, think that's what Snyder is, but it doesn't happen that way. I think I, I could definitely see there being, hey, I want to write this kind of story, but with this moment, this moment, and this moment, and then, then plan it out. Because I think yeah. that is uh, one of my you know up-and-coming like favorite writers, Ryan Parrott. He writes the Power Rangers books recently. Um, he does that sometimes. He like has a mm-hmm. vision for what he wants the Power Rangers to look, or like he has an idea for a spread page. He's like, "Yeah, all right, now how do I get there?" And then he'll yeah. fill it in. Um, so I definitely think that writers definitely do that sometimes. Yeah. Well, I just wish it would be DC as a whole. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah, because I mean, it's how I it has it. been a long while since we've had a moment like i mean i think the most recent moment would have been doomsday clock mm-hmm. when like the legion of superheroes and the jsa are attacking with superman yeah but it has been a long while since we've seen like a giant splash page of just heroes like about to kick ass yeah probably in what like because uh, i didn't even I, think I, the you know snyder what? one it, was that great no but he did have a moment like that he had a moment uh, in like the future verse or whatever, where uh, the Trinity had had teleported to, while Johns mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, yeah, uh, John Jones or sorry, John Stewart and Flash had went into mm-hmm. the past, yeah, and Commandy went to different like multiverses, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then there was that big splash page where all of them attacked the Brainiac One Million or whatever they called it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, but that was, again, like, that is... I, I definitely feel like Snyder does that, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just want the Batman, you know, lantern ring. I want these kind of things. And he doesn't forget the relationship. He forgets the relationship stuff. We'll do that later. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just kind of how... I, I wish that we would build some more stuff like that. But you build to those moments by having good stories. Yeah. Not just having the moment happen. Because then those moments are a la you, uh, your Superman story from what's his face, where it's like the three. Oh yeah, know, yeah, it's Snyder. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that was a solid moment, um, but that was good story there. But but I that think was also that half built written by George Jimenez. So yeah, 
who's doing these last five issues of Batman. Yep. Um, if I'm not, is he? He does some on these, right? He does like panels, but not everything. Because, or is it still just all one guy? Uh, that was like recently. What we've been reading. Oh, what we've been reading. Yeah. Uh, has been March still. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah Humanas I think is going to be ninety-five to a hundred. And I think mistaken. I think Jimenez actually announced that he's working on something else. Uh, he's working on that Tom King book, the secret Tom King book. Yeah, that's uh, what it was. Yeah, and that has not been announced, but apparently he's on issue seven already. So that's crazy. It's yeah. going to be twelve issues, and from what Tom King says, it has something to do with an attempted assassination or an assassination in the DC universe yeah. of a president. So. That's going to be interesting. Tom King, again, writes his 12-issue stories. If, if you didn't like Tom King's Batman run, but you haven't read his 12-issue stories, you should read his 12-issue stories because that's where he really goes off. Yeah. Um, so I highly suggest those. But we've been rambling for two hours now about it feels like everything. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and end this podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us. Clay, what are you doing this week on your podcast? This week... Of course, I talk about uh, DC and Marvel on my Thursday shows and Friday shows. Uh, and then Saturday, of course, I do uh, the Shonen Jump Saturdays. Um, I also have a podcast with Mark called the Comic Book Legion Podcast. Go check that out. And uh, yeah, go check out Doom Patrol as well on HBO Max because I fell asleep during the third episode. So I need to rewatch that tonight. I how many how many episodes already? Three. They released three of them the very first day. Oh shit! Oh man, I'm watching Doctor Who right now. I'm about to finish the first season. Nice. I'm like it's so good. Oh, man. Anyways, um, that's good storytelling. If you guys have not watched Doctor Who, just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, you can find me on my Twitch channel. We will be streaming probably when this goes live. I'll probably be streaming. Definitely check that out. But just go over Twitch.tv/slash from the box. Where, uh, I just finished Last of Us. Thought it was fantastic. Uh, great story, character development in that thing. Uh, so we'll be playing a bunch of other stuff. Sims, GTA, whatever. Just come hang out. It's a good time. Um, on top of that, of course, you can always check out the Juice Reacts channel. Where we upload Monday through Friday. Always upload new stuff. Been uploading a lot of anime reaction stuff recently. Which has been interesting. And then, of course, Bat from the Box. I should be having a video come out in the next couple of weeks. For the DC Universe stuff. You guys will be able to see what they've been sending me, which I think is pretty cool. But, as always, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for this podcast. He is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. (laughs)